Okay, so we're doing now Thursday's portion of Parsha Yisro. We're not yet at the giving of the Torah, but almost, almost, almost. The whole Parsha is building up to that point. So this is chapter 19, verse 7. Most, now we are in the middle here. This is, again, we're having these discussions between God and Moses, all leading up to the giving of the Torah. Moses came and summoned the elders of the people and put before them all these words that God had commanded him. Which means, this is what we're saying in the previous verse, let's just go back to what we're talking about here, that on the first day of the month of Sivan, the Jews arrived at the foot of Mount Sinai. And Moses has, goes up to God and gives God gives him certain messages saying, you've seen what I did in Egypt, I carried you on the wings of eagles, I brought you to me, and now if you listen to me, if you keep my covenant, you'll be a treasure to me from among all the peoples, the whole earth is mine, be to me a kingdom of ministers, a holy nation. So now, that was Wednesday's portion. Now on Thursday, Moses came and summoned the elders, and he told them all these things. And the next verse, and all the people answered together and said, everything that God has spoken, we shall do. These are not the famous words, we will do and we will listen, that we, in the next Torah portion, they said here, everything that God said we will do, Moses brought back the words of the people to God. So Rashi says, when did Moses say this to God? It had to be the next day. Already now, this is the third day of the month. Why? Because Moses only go up to early in the morning. So in other words, they arrived on the first day. So when does Moses have this conversation with God? It has to be on the second day, because he's going up in the morning. And then he comes on the second day and relays this message to the people. And then the people respond. Now, he can't go back up and tell God this, because he's only going up early in the morning to God. So the next morning, on the morning of the third day, Moses goes up and relays this to God. And then Rashi says, what, what is he? Moses had to tell him. God wouldn't be aware on his own of what the people said. But this is teaching us proper conduct. In other words, we should never say, which of course happens, you know, with us also, sometimes we might say, oh, why should I write this to the Rebbe? He doesn't know. We're not supposed to function like that. We're supposed to be appropriate and give reports and not have in our head, well, what's the point of saying it? They know anyway. Next verse. God said to Moses, again, on the third day, morning of the third day, behold, I come to you in the thick of the clouds, that the people will hear as I speak to you and they will believe in you also forever. Moses told the words of the people to God. And the thick of the cloud means in the densest part of the cloud, as we'll see later in the verse. And in you also they'll believe forever. So Rosh is wondering what this also, also, this seemingly superfluous also implies, also the prophets that come after you, all the prophets that follow Moses, they will believe in. And Moses, on the following day, which is now the fourth day, tells the word of the people to God, meaning the response of the people to what God is saying here. In other words, God says to Moses, I'm going to speak to you. The people will hear as I speak to you. They'll believe in you forever. And what's the response of the people? The response of the people is they don't want to hear from Moses. They want to hear from God. They want to see God. They want to hear from God. So Moses gave back this next response to God on the morning of the fourth day. Because again, 
as we're saying, he only goes up in the morning. So he comes down on the third. He tells the people what God said, and they say, we don't want to hear from you. We want to see God direct. We want to see God direct. It's actually two different uh, midrashim. In the chilta, there's two different responses. Either they want to hear from God or they want to see God. And Rashi combines both. And Rashi gives this famous quote, Ritzoneinu liras as malkeinu. It's our wish to see our king. We want to see God. We want to hear from God. This is what Moses told God on the morning of the fourth day. Okay, so now this is the morning of the fourth day. Remember, they got there on the first. The second goes up the first time. And conversation with God that we heard about in Wednesday's portion. He comes down, and the people said, great, everything God has spoken will do. On the morning of the third, Moses goes up to tell this to God, and then God says how he's going to speak to Moses, and then Moses is going to relate this to the people. Moses goes down the mountain, he tells this to the people. They say, no, we want to see and hear God directly. Moses goes up on the fourth day, and he tells this to God. So now, this is the morning of the fourth day, God said to Moses, go to the people, and make them ready today and tomorrow they shall wash their clothing. So in other words, as Rashi explains, if this is the case, if they want me to speak to them directly, they've got to prepare themselves. They've got to make themselves ready. I, I was thinking they're going to speak, so to speak. I was thinking they're going to hear it through you. That's one level of preparation. They want to hear it directly from me. They have to prepare more. So God is saying, let them get themselves ready today and tomorrow. The next verse says, let them be prepared for the third day. For on the third day, God will descend before the eyes of all of the people on Mount Sinai. The writer says, let them be prepared is to be separated from the wife, as we'll soon understand why, for the third day. Now, what's this third day? The writer says the third day is the sixth day of the month. Remember, this is the fourth day. So we have here the fourth and the fifth and the sixth day is going to be the giving of the Torah. In this section in Yisro, we don't know what happened on the fifth day. We heard what Moses was doing the second, third, and fourth days. He's going up to the mountain, talking to God, going down, relaying it to the people. We don't know what he's done on the fifth day. Later, in the next Torah portion of Mishpatim, it discusses what he's done that fifth day, how he built 12 pillars, built an altar. The Torah does not need to be limited to chronological order if there's a reason for it not to be. So therefore, the Torah chooses to tell us all this in the next Torah portion. And this, then God shall descend before the eyes of all the people, which Rashi said means, you know, say before the eyes of all the people, could have just said before the people. It says before the eyes of the people to teach us that nobody was blind, which is expressing the power of Torah that every single person got healed. The blind could see, the deaf could hear, Torah healed everyone. You shall set boundaries around it, around it, meaning around the mountain, for the people saying, guard yourself from ascending the mountain or touching its edge. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely die. So Rashi explains, setting boundaries means to fix the limits as a sign that they shouldn't approach beyond the boundary. And the boundary is telling them, don't go past this point. Don't touch its edge. Even the edge of it you can't touch. A hand shall not touch it, for he shall be stoned, or he shall be cast down. For the animal, a person, he shall not live. When the blast of the ram's horn is drawing out, they will ascend the mountain. So cast down is actually, it's interesting, because this verse is saying to be stoned or cast down, from which we learn that there are four death penalties, one of which is stoning, according to Jewish law. And we see here that stoning is connected to being cast down, to be thrown down, 
which actually is what happened when someone was stoned. They were first thrown down from a very high place, where it's very possible that the fall itself killed them, and then they were stoned if, if they didn't. They were stoned in any case, but again, very plausible that they died in the fall. And then, when the blast of the ram torn is drawn out, that's when you can ascend the mountain, because the blowing of the ram's horn is a sign of the departure of the divine presence. Just like we do on Yom Kippur. At the end of Yom Kippur, we blow a shofar. And you know, it's a very spiritual, mystical moment, but the reason why I blow the shofar is actually to signify the departure of God's presence. Well, here's God's presence that didn't with us Yom Kippur the whole day, especially that final, final prayer of the Elah. And then the blowing of the shofar is to signify that divine presence is going back up to heaven. I mean, so to speak, obviously God is also here, it's like this intensity of God's revelation that we have in Yom Kippur has, is now leaving us. So, God is saying, they can't go on that mountain. When we blow the rain from that will be the signal that God departed. Now the mountain's like a mountain. You want to take a walk on a lawn, pick flowers, feel free. Now, the word in the Torah for this is Hayovel, which is actually what the term we have for the Jubilee year, Hayovel. Because the Jubilee year is inaugurated with us blowing the ram song to signify we've begun the Jubilee year. But here he's explaining that it means the horn of a ram, which is in Arabic they call a ram a yuvla. And this ram was not just a regular ram. This is the ram of the giving of the Torah. This is actually from, this is a horn of the ram that Abraham sacrificed instead of Isaac. As it says, the ram's horn, because it's the known ram, we're told that when Abraham brought up Isaac to be an offering and then took him down, and he felt like, what, I did all this, and then I said, oh, something. So God had this ram there in the stead. And that ram, of course, had two horns. One was blown now by the giving of the horn. The second one is going to be the ram's horn that will blow to signify Messiah. Moses descended from the mountain to the people. He sanctified the people, and they washed their clothing. So it seems a little unnecessary to tell us he went from the mountain to the people. But the verse is trying to point out something very strongly, that Moses didn't go to his own business, but straight he went to the people to do their business. He said to the people, be ready for a three-day period. Do not approach a woman. Now, this is a little confusing to us. Because it's saying be ready for a three-day period. So what day is this? We said this is the fourth day. So for a three-day period would mean with a three-day period, fourth, fifth, sixth, then we would say the giving of the Torah was on the seventh day. But, which, which some say it was. Some say, according to Biosi, the Ten Commandments were given on the seventh day of the month. But others say that, no, the Torah is given on the sixth day of the month. So then, what's going on here? So then we're saying when it says for three days, it means not a three-day period, but for the third day, meaning the fourth day, the fifth day, and on the sixth day is the giving of the Torah. So if you're going to say that Moses said be ready for a three-day period of preparation, four, five, and six, then Moses added a day because God said two days, today and tomorrow. Remember, God said, prepare today and tomorrow, two days. 
go to the field, make them ready today and tomorrow, fourth and fifth. They should wash their clothing and be ready for the sixth day. But if Moses is saying you need to prepare for three days, he added a day, fourth, fifth, and he added the sixth, which means the Torah was given the seventh. But if he doesn't mean for a three-day period, but for the third day, he didn't add anything, and he's saying exactly what God said. Fourth and fifth, and on the third day, on the sixth, we have the giving of the Torah. Now, don't approach a woman. Why not? So the reason is because we want everyone to be pure to receive the Torah. If a man had an emission of semen, he has to ritually immerse himself in a mikvah, and then night falls and he's pure. So the man could have done that the day before the giving of the Torah. If the giving of the Torah was on the 6th, he could do that on the 5th. Fine. But a woman is a little more complicated because if a woman has relationships with a man and the semen enters her body and the semen then leaves her body, as long as that semen still has the power to fertilize, when it discharges from her body, she becomes again impure. After three days, it no longer has this power. So therefore, we want for this three-day period for a woman not to have any relationships with a man because we don't want a situation where she has a relationship, she purified herself, but then she has a discharge of semen, and since it's within three days, the semen is still fertilized, so she's impure again, and then, well, forbid, she might miss the giving of the Torah because she's impure. So therefore, let's not put women in this problematic situation, don't have relationships, so there won't be any fresh semen within three days to discharge from her body and therefore she could become impure by the discharge and not be pure and ready for the giving of the Torah. On the third day, when it was becoming morning, thunder and lightning and a heavy cloud on the mountain and the sound of the shofar was very powerful and the entire people within the camp shuddered. So when it was becoming morning, instead of saying in the morning, when it was becoming morning implies that God came to Mount Sinai before the people did, which, of course, does not have humans do because the humans, the teacher shouldn't wait for the student. The students wait for the teacher. But here God is coming, so to speak, to wait for man, which is, which is not human protocol because we would say, oh, it's beneath your dignity. But God preceded us and waited for us at the foot of the mountain. Moses brought the people forth from the camp toward God and they stood under the mountain. Toward God is telling us that the divine presence went out to them like the bridegroom who's going out to greet the bride. Which is why the verse says God came from Sinai, not to Sinai, because he was by Sinai already waiting for us. And then we walked toward him. He came from Sinai to greet us. So it says that at the foot of the mountain, this simply it means the people stood by the foot of the mountain. The Midrash is that God picked up the mountain and held it over them, which this explains that this mountain that he held over them was such a revelation of himself and such a revelation of his love for them that it did, like they were like compelled, as if there was a mountain over them, they were so compelled to accept his word because they felt so overwhelmed by his presence and his love.